0: Hey, hello, how are you? Welcome to Hello Hilltop, SMU's podcast by students for students. I'm Nick DeAngelis, and we got a really special episode for you guys today. My guest today is Samantha McIntyre, an SMU alumni who's now an actress and a writer in Hollywood. Some of her work includes writing The Unicorn Store, which is on Netflix and actually is Brie Larson's debut directorial film. As well, she currently writes for Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which is in its second season. Let's get right into it.
1: Um, I was born in Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and I lived, I lived a few other places, Arkansas, Massachusetts, but I, I came, we came back to Texas pretty young.
0: So, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I basically spent my entire childhood in Texas.
0: Okay. And then you would, you had said SMU was SMU your first choice or it was after you'd went to,
1: Yeah, I actually went to undergrad. Um, at Southwestern University which is in Georgetown, Texas and um, so I got my I got a theater degree there
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but then near I guess I decided to become a theater major really late, like I don't know maybe my junior year so by the time I graduated from Southwestern I felt like I felt like, oh I want to take I'm taking this seriously, my acting and so I want to go to grad school and so I applied to SMU and Went there.
0: Mm-hmm. Were you at? Were you doing like theater in high school?
1: Not so much. No, I um, I was editor of the school paper, and so that was sort of like my big extracurricular activity <laughs> that took up all my time. I think I maybe auditioned for like one play, but like I didn't get in it because you had to be like in the theater crowd or like in the theater scene, and I wasn't one of those kids, so I feel like I didn't get in. <laughs> And then when I was we... robbed. I was yeah. robbed.
0: Do you know what play it was?
1: <laughs> I don't. So I don't remember. I feel like it was something they never heard of. Like okay. not a cool play.
0: Yeah, no, it was like Cats or something.
1: Well, I mean, if a high school was willing to do Cats, I would go see
0: it. You do Cats? Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'd see it. I wouldn't be at it, but I'd yeah.
0: go see it. Okay, I like that. Um, did you do any? Did you do any? So when you went to SMU, you did a lot of acting then, then.
1: Yeah, so I had to, yes, because at SMU I was doing um, an MFA in acting, so I had to audition with monologues and get in, and then acting is the entire focus of the three-year program, so then that was like, even now I say that was like the best three years of my life, because you're just like doing the one thing that you want to do, sort of all day long, like cool classes and then rehearsals every night and it was um challenging and took up like all of my time but it was the only thing I wanted to be doing so it was so fun.
0: Mm -hmm. And then did you get to write for the first time there for like really get to sit down and like harness it?
1: I didn't do any writing when I was at SF. Really? In my undergrad I did they had like um a new works sort of play festival of, of student plays mm. and I had written a one-act play in my undergrad that uh, was produced and put on stage and so that was super fun. Um, but I n- did not think of it as a career at all. Like it, it just seemed like, oh, here's a fun thing, I'll try to get into this play competition, but I'd never seriously considered it at all. I just only wanted to be an actor and then, you know, the way grad school is it's like I'm not taking any other classes besides stuff on the acting track so no it just never never crossed my mind until I moved to Los Angeles Mm -hmm.
0: and you were and you didn't start writing because you were you were trying to act or you still are but you were you were like really in the actor grind for like a long time
1: yeah so after SMU I I stayed in Dallas for about a year and I was doing theater at um, kitchen dog theater in Dallas and then moved to LA thinking I'm going to be auditioning, like that's gonna be my life. I'm gonna be uh, auditioning actor, hopefully get a job on a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Sure, it'll take a year or two and then I'll be set. Um, but I was auditioning for maybe five years without getting anything you know, big enough to make a living. Like I, I was not making a living as an actor when I started thinking, should I start writing? Um, like with the goal of I'll write something for myself. Mm-hmm. But then, um, so I started writing TV scripts because my that's what my boyfriend was doing, who's now my husband and is also a television writer, but he at that time was an aspiring TV writer. And I was thinking, I, I kind of would like to try this. So uh, I wrote a script, a spec of The Office. Okay. Because I feel like the, the Office was sort of a newer show, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I entered it into this um, workshop that still exists to this day, and which I highly recommend to any aspiring TV writer. And it's called the Warner Brothers Writers Workshop. Okay. And it was it got me my start because they. You enter a script. At the time I did it, they accepted 10 comedy scripts and 10 drama scripts a year. I don't know if that's still how many they take, but my office script got into that. And I got to go to this cool program that was at Warner Brothers Studios. And when the program's over, they try to help you get your first writing job on a Warner Brothers show. And that is what happened. So, like, I ended up <clears throat> doing this program and then getting staffed on this NBC show called 20 Good Years that most people have never heard of because it didn't last very long. I was about to
0: say, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> no, it premiered the same night as 30 Rock. Like, we were paired with 30 Rock. Like,
0: 30 <laughs> so, what? Rock 20 Good Years. <laughs> what are you going to do?
1: <laughs> and, um, well, like, we, we, were, we weren't, like, against them. Like, we yeah. were with them. But um, after three or four weeks, our show was canceled. Uh, it was cool. It had John Lithgow and Jeffrey Tambor, and um, it was a multi cam, Mm -hmm. so like filmed in front of a live audience. And but anyway, for as far as having like a first job, it just was a dream come true because uh, super funny people I was working with, and I learned so much. And I I was so happy that there was a job that was seemed to me to be as fun as as acting, because this whole time you're just getting, like, your spirit is getting broken <laughs> from all these auditions and thinking like, is anything going to ever happen for me? Like, my dreams are never going to come true. Um, so to find out that there was another thing that I sort of didn't know about that could also make me happy was like such a, a gift. Mm-hmm.
0: So was that, was that pilot your first time, like really in a writer's room?
1: Um yes. So in the Warner Brothers program we had done like sort of a pretend writers room and kind of talked like about the process and um I had friends I think that maybe yeah, I I had we had I had friends that were writers so it's stuff I had like heard about but I had never been in a writers room. I'd never been um on the set of like a multi-cam show before. So all of it was like totally brand new, mm. and I remember I I've, I've actually said this before, so uh, I feel like I've said this in other interviews. But my face hurt from laughing, really from smiling, like because I was like, oh, I've never had like a day job where you're just laughing the whole day. Like the people I worked with were just so hilarious; they were like really experienced sitcom writers that had been on Frasier and Will and Grace and like all these huge shows and they were just so hilarious that I would be laughing the whole day and I'd come home and I'd be like my my muscles right here are hurt so that was a fun discovery yeah
0: I mean and then transitioning to now with 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 Zoe's extraordinary playlist um you're doing it on zoom so it's like is it still funny is it still are the do the laughs hit the same or like different kind of jokes?
1: It is, yeah. I've been surprised at how well it works. I mean, our show is a dramedy, so you know, it's, there's a lot of serious moments to talk about, but it also like a lot a lot of funny moments. And I did. We all wondered, like, none of us knew how the Zoom thing would work, but I feel like it works surprisingly well, and there is a lot of laughter yeah. and we, um, we we split up quite a bit into like smaller breakout rooms so the fewer people the easier it is to sort of pitch in and pitch a joke or but um, we I, I think I told you this before it's like a little less fun than being in person but way more efficient like we are actually accomplishing more and getting more work done than we did last year. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many distractions when you're in person and there's a kitchen nearby full of snacks and yeah. people have their own offices and they disappear to when you take a break. And but here it's like, okay guys, we're gonna take a 10 minute Zoom break and you turn off your camera for 10 minutes and then you're back in 10 minutes. And it's all just like, you know, efficient.
0: Um. So because, and because the show is like a very musically inclined show, as a writer, like what, what is the process of selecting songs like? Like, do you get to pitch songs? Do you get to, are you limited? Like, how does that work?
1: We, we're not very limited. Like almost anything we can think of that we want, we can try to get. Well, uh, there are certain artists that are harder to get than others. Like some there's like, oh, there's no way you're going to get that person or, Um, like last for season one we thought there was no way we were gonna get um this destiny's child song we wanted and we had to like write a letter to beyonce like (laughs) like i think we had to send some some artists want to see the actual scene Mm -hmm. so sometimes there's a lot of jumping through hoops but yeah anybody in the room can um pitch songs and this is where it's very helpful to have writers of all different ages because everyone sort of tends to pitch the music that like was the most popular maybe when they were (laughs) younger.
0: Yeah, of course. So
1: like, you know, uh, the older writers are pitching like top 40 hits from the 80s and 90s. And then the younger writers are like, you know, what if we do, you know, Selena Gomez here, and then the older writers are like, I don't know that song. The whole thing for Zoe's is we want as many people as possible to recognize the song. So we're definitely going for top 40 hits, like huge Mm -hmm. songs. But even then, not everybody will have heard of every uh, song, and not everyone is familiar with every genre. Like, I don't know any country music. So... If someone's like, this is the number one song in country, I'm like, it is, because I have no idea. But we spend a long, like, we spend big chunks of our day just listening to song after song. You know, our our writer's assistant shares uh, his sound (laughs) on Zoom and goes into his (laughs) Spotify and we're like, we'll know what the moment is. Like, okay, this is a moment where we need to find out this person's feeling really sad because, you know, no one, they can't trust anybody. Like, we'll know, like, that's what we want the song to be. And so then everyone's just pitching any song they can think of um, until we find the right one. And usually we know it's the right one when, like, the whole room is like, yes,
0: that's it. That's it. What was the, so you got on board really soon with the project. So what was kind of the inception of the the show? Because it's done really well. Like, I know, like, it's, I always see billboards for it. Like, it got renewed this season, like. Tell us about like what was what was it like starting it because you really don't know a lot of pilots if it's going to take off or not.
1: Well, they had already made the pilot, and um, so the pilot was made, and then NBC, you know, picked up the series, and so then they hired writers. So when I was hired, um, the pilot was already done, completely finished, and I watched it and loved it. And it was great, and. Um, but you're right, then the writers, then you have a room full of writers that are coming in and only the showrunner who's created the show, you know, he's super familiar with it, right? Cause he's been working on the pilot for a year or more and we're all coming in brand new. So the beginning of that process is just him. Um, his name's Austin Winsberg. Um, Austin is just, you know, telling us everything he can about the show and his vision and what he wants it to be. And um it was very much inspired by um his real life because his um father did die of this neurological disease that the character zoe's father has on the show and um and he has a big musical background too so he's a uh, so all of that sort of came together in this sort of like magical way and but yeah, a lot of it was figured out before we got there but I do think, you know, the writers on season one contributed a lot to the show. And mm-hmm. it's definitely a collaborative um, effort, television.
0: Yeah. Do you think the studio has also just been really, like, easy to work with? Or has it been, like, do you feel like you're at war with the studio? Or is it it's like, nah, no, it's quite collaborative? No, actually,
1: no. And you do hear a lot of, like, um, everybody has, like, war stories about, like, a net- network notes or studio notes and, you know, being really difficult and um we've had a surprisingly easy road on the show like they've been really supportive and the notes have been very minimal and you know along the lines of like can you clarify this some more I don't think we I don't think we've had to throw out a, a, a single like script or story where they're like no we don't want to do that um they've just been really receptive
0: mm-hmm. um I want to talk more like, about COVID and how that's affected because we got to talk about this but for the audience um how's it shifted because the show's filmed in Canada so you're not even so you're not there um and speak on right. what, what it's like to sit there and watch it and how you like that process
1: Um yeah it's weird it's the show's in Vancouver all the writers are in Los Angeles and normally um every writer of of your episode when it's your episode being produced that writer would go up to Vancouver and would be there for all the pre-production meetings and then actual production you would be the writer on set um so that's not really happening this year our our showrunner has gone up a lot like he went up for a huge chunk of time we have another writer that volunteered to go up for a big chunk of time (laughs) but for a lot of us we are staying here and Yeah, we have this cool system um, online where we can like log in to watch the set live um, anytime that they're shooting. And then of course, at the end of every day, all of the writers are sent to the dailies. So if you missed something, you could go back and see sort of what they did that day. But uh, it's definitely like harder not being there as far as, you know, if you do see something that you had a note on, you sh- it might be too late <laughs> to yeah. give that note. They've already moved on. But uh, it's the- I think the technology of it all is super cool and would not have imagined a year ago that we'd be doing it this way.
0: So how did episode three go? Because that was your episode.
1: Oh, yeah. Um It went great.
0: OK. It's- <laughs> no, no major problem. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's funny. One of the problems, which uh, is often a problem, is just, you know, they your finished product is often too long so like mm-hmm. we're at this age where we're like oh we got to cut you know a minute from this episode and you have to make really painful decisions about what to cut because mm-hmm. you're like i don't want to lose this scene i don't want to lose that scene so we'll see i still don't know what the final the final cut will be but um i'm really like thrilled with how it turned out yeah. especially with the musical numbers
0: and do you know, so c- confirm this, have you guys been picked up for season three or is it still?
1: No, not at all. Like, so season two will premiere in January mm. 2021. And um, there's, they will, they basically never tell you when they're going to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, last year, I think the whole season had aired before we found out that season two was picked up. So my guess is we won't hear for a while about mm.
0: season three. Okay, and then okay, rapid fire: Texas versus California questions. Oh, I I okay. just wanna I just wanna get some of your takes, because yeah, um, I, I mean, me and you are both we're both now have had some time in both places, so you know we're uniquely qualified yeah. to answer these. Oh yeah, we're like experts. We're experts. Um, Whataburger versus In and Out. <sighs> in and
1: Out.
0: Thank you. Right. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, Texan. There's no other answer. I'm sorry, but I will. You know the Texas fast food that I'm obsessed with though is Taco Bueno.
0: Really? Okay. You
1: know Taco Bueno. A little
0: bit. Um, my next, well, my next question was going to be Tex Mex or like Beach Mex.
1: Oh, Tex Mex for sure. Really?
0: Okay. Do you miss like the queso? There's no, there's no queso in LA.
1: Yeah, I do. Like, that's if when I go back to Texas, my first stop from the airport is Taco Bueno. <laughs> Which I know is just like junky fast food, but like I, I, since it's like the fast food of my childhood, I like mm-hmm. crave it. Um, but then I'll like I have a string of like Mexican restaurants that I have to go eat yeah, at.
0: Yeah, um, that's well. It's funny if you say every time someone comes from comes back to L.A., the first thing they do is get in and out.
1: But now they have in and out in Dallas. It's yeah.
0: Right? I I will say it tastes different. I think um, they have a different oh, producer. Interesting. Like. So yeah, whoever makes the the product, I'll sip the milkshake and I'll be like, not the same. Oh man! So were you a were you a high school football like Friday night getting hub chucks kind of person?
1: <laughs> um. Well, my high school, Richardson High School in Richardson, Texas. I want to say that we were district champions <laughs> the <laughs> year that I my senior year, or junior year. Um, I did not really follow. Uh, high school football, but I was on this like spirit squad. I don't even like, okay. the color the color squad or something. Pump, I can't whatever. remember. But we, we went to all the games and we well we waved a huge flag.
0: Okay. And then you are you a Cowboys fan or are you a Laker fan? Or you're both?
1: Wait, am I Cowboys or Lakers? These yeah. are my choices.
0: Well I mean no one really likes the Rams in LA. No one cares about uh
1: I'm I'm not I'm not a Cowboys fan. I'm not a I have family members who are. I'm not opposed to it. I guess I don't follow uh football in any way, except mm-hmm. that I watch hard knocks on HBO every summer because I love sports documentaries. So I will watch a documentary about football, um, but I don't follow football. Um I think I told you before we are big Dallas Mavericks fans here. Um with with probably the Clippers being like our second our second team, I just can't get over your Clippers. But we were still, I know. I just we very happy for all of the Lakers fans. I was not. I don't have hatred towards them.
0: I just can't. I Out can't. Can't do Clippers fans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. I mean, so how is it? right LA right now? Is kind of at a weird juncture because I think there may be more shutdowns. How's it been this, like, last couple of yeah, weeks?
1: Yeah, so they announced yesterday, like, all the, like, restaurants, indoor, everything indoor is closing, nice. bars. Um, you can still do takeout. Okay. But yeah, the, more restrictions are on the way, and they they predict that if the COVID numbers don't go down in the next couple days, that we could return to a full stay-at-home order, mm-hmm. um, which, would, which would suck.
0: Yeah. Uh, how's yeah. it... Be- How's it been with kids? Like how's the Zoom been for them?
1: Um, yeah, so I have a 10 year old and he's in the fifth grade. So she's this entire school year has been distance learning from her bedroom. And um, I think she's sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> she has like a really good attitude. Like she doesn't complain that much. Um, but honestly, like she's barely seen another child She's an only child, so she's barely seen another kid since March of this year. And um, it just bums me out. Mm -hmm. But I know, like, it won't be forever, but it's, it's, like, this, I keep saying to her, like, I, I, like, she doesn't want to do, if she doesn't want to do her homework or something, I'm like, I'm so with you. (laughs) Like, right now, you were, like, nothing is fun about school. Like, usually you have, like, the fun part and the homework. Like, the socializing and your friends and recess and, like, all the cool stuff. Like, the fun parts of school. And, like, none of those parts exist. You only have Zooming with your teacher and doing homework. And it's, like, for a 10-year-old, what a bummer.
0: Yeah, she's just doing her times tables all day.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Because she's she's grown up in a house with actors and writers, do you guys put her on to, like, really good movies and TV shows? Like, was she raised on the classics or is it, like...
1: Well, I mean, she has a lot of opinions about what she likes to watch, uh, but we definitely tried to introduce her to stuff we liked when she was young. It's funny, she's very into, like, um, Japanese, like, anime and manga, and so that's the stuff that she's she
0: cultured. She's cultured. She's She's yeah, years I mean, ahead.
1: She's watching, like, Legend of Korra and Avatar, and, like, she's watching cool stuff, I have to say. Um... But yeah, it's funny. She does sort of know a lot about business and behind the scenes. And I'll never forget like her being like six or seven and writing something in a notebook. And I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm writing my pilot. That's <laughs> <And>
0: cool. <laughs> that's, yeah. like,
1: that's not like a word or a thing I would, I would have said as like a seven-year-old. A
0: seven-year-old.
1: <laughs> but she just knows about that stuff. So <laughs> it's cool.
0: That's cute. Um... So are you, are you and your husband, have you guys ever written something together or is it like is it like separate rooms like both to your own we process?
1: Haven't written a script together. He so he is primarily in tele, television wise. He's primarily a drama writer and I'm a comedy writer. So until Zoe's, I had only written on like half hour sitcoms. And so this is my first hour long show and it's kind of weird how separate they are. Like it doesn't feel like it should be two different fields, but it kind of is, like, if you're a drama writer, you kind of only get hired on dramas, and you're a comedy writer, you only get hired on comedies. Um, but we did, a couple summers ago, we pitched a show together that we did not end up selling, but it was, like, it was really fun to work on, and it was a comedy. He's super funny, so... I'd rather I'd rather him come work on a comedy with me than you
0: go to the drama drama side
1: with him. Um, And plus, you know, because you get to laugh all day. So I think that we will. I think we will work together someday. It just hasn't come up yet. Mm
0: -hmm. And then so as of now, it's just I know you're writing your super secret script that we can't talk about on this. But other than that, with the season wrapping up, what is it looking like? It's just a couple more episodes and you guys are done.
1: Um, I, yeah, I'm not even sure. We're, uh, let me think. So we're doing 13 episodes this season and we are, we're discussing what 11, 12 and 13 will be. So Mm. we have like three more to sort of figure out the writer's room. will probably go a couple more months. Um, so I don't know if we'll be done in like February or March. Um, and then we just wait to see if America, okay, likes, if America watches to, it. See if America likes season two to know if we come back. But yeah, it's always great when the when the writer's room ends for a season, you usually have like a couple months off our hiatus, we call it. And the hiatus is great because you, you write your work on your own projects. You can like take a little vacation, which maybe we won't be able to do this year. But you have some time off before the whole thing starts again.
0: Yeah, I mean you wanna do you wanna explain to the audience how often you're on Zoom in the writer's room?
1: Oh. (laughs) Our our schedule is ten to five thirty. But we have an hour an hour to hour and fifteen minutes for lunch. And then we'll take like ten minute a few ten minute breaks throughout the day. But it's and I think we've all gotten like better at it. Like at first it sounded like, oh my god, how can someone zoom that long? We've definitely like built up my Zoom stamina, but Once it hits like four, four thirty, you can like feel it. Like people are over it. People are over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The jokes stop coming.
1: I mean, we're professionals, so we keep it. We keep it going, but you can see, like, you know, like I'm starting out the day like this. Of course, your podcast uh, listeners can't see me.
0: Yeah, we're in the morning.
1: Like, (laughs) like, what if Chloe did that?
0: What if she sings?
1: What if she sings a song? She hears a song. That's my pitch.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I feel like if you if you're also watching an episode the whole day, yeah, ha- how many times do you have to listen to one song?
1: We don't have to like we if we're if we're pitching songs, we're only listening to the song one time to be like, is that and looking at the lyrics and going, is that a good choice? Um, If someone is, uh, if someone's covering set and they're like, and usually that's our showrunner, he, he, even he is not watching the same take over and over. Like he'll watch it like once or twice and then, um, return to the zoom writer's room.
0: Okay. Um, so last, last thing we talked about it, but what are some, what's some things as a writer, as an actor, what, what media would you recommend to someone to watch? Like, what do, you, what do you love? It doesn't have to be something current. It could be whatever.
1: What do I love? I mean, this is going to sound so corny, but it's true. Like, I don't think that you should, like, follow some list of, like, these are the important things to watch. I feel like if you watch the kind of thing that you love, that that is going to inspire you to write what you like to write, you know? Um, Like, when I was a kid, like, I loved, like, really silly humor, like, you know, movies like Airplane, Mm -hmm. like, that kind of comedy, um, really... (laughs) Surely you
0: can't be serious.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I am serious. (laughs) Um, But that, like, I feel like that kind of humor and watching Saturday Night Live when I was a kid, like, all of that kind of stuff, I feel like contributed to the kind of comedy that I like, and then... Um, everything just gravitate towards what you like. But there's nothing to me like the biggest inspiration is just anything that's really good. And then I feel if I watch a show and I'm like, that show is so good that I feel jealous. That's how I felt about Fleabag. Okay. about Fleabag on Amazon was so incredible that I'm like how I'm jealous. I didn't write that. And like it, when I finished, that show it's like i want to immediately go to my computer and start writing like i'm like i want to write something that could be as good as that um so i find it very inspiring to watch stuff but man i watch such a wide variety i watch like all the prestige television that people say you should watch but then i'm also watching trash like <laughs> the bachelorette and you know the circle or whatever that was on netflix like i was with, with,
0: uh, with tom hanks
1: no, what that, that reality show? It was like a reality show on the Netflix called The Circle. The it was Circle. Like the social media one where they had to like meet each other like just through texting or something. I don't know.
0: Of course, watch a lot
1: of like murder documentaries that I find upsetting, but like I I I want to like solve the crime. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I watch I watch. There's so much out there. I watch all of it.
0: Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> and then finally, um. So just speak on, because we, we talked a lot about Zoe's, but you worked on other projects. So just to familiarize the audience, we didn't get to talk about Unicorn Store, but I'd love to hear you kind of plug what you've been a part of.
1: Oh, plug what I've been a part of. Well, yeah, Unicorn Store is the last, was, was really like the only feature that I've done that's been produced, and that came out like a year ago on Netflix, and so... Still there, guys can watch it every day. Go know, watch Unicorn Store. Go watch it. Um, it's delightful.
0: Brie Larson. I wrote it
1: like ten years ago, and that's how long it took me to get it made. So that is a little lesson into independent film. The industry Sorry. and how long it takes to get money and get things going. Um But yeah, before uh before Zoe's I wrote on a show called People of Earth, which is like an alien comedy that was on TBS, which is really quirky and weird and fun, and if people can find it out there, there's two seasons. Um, yeah, I've written, I've written things that uh, never got made or never saw the light of day, and you guys will never ever know about them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, we're. G- I'm going to get this script from you. This new one, though.
1: Oh yeah yeah, I'm going to I'm going to tell Nick about it, not on not this you podcast, guys. And then he's going to have the inside scoop. But yeah. and then if it becomes a show someday, then I'll talk about it.
0: We'll we'll go back to this podcast and say there it was. There it was. Um so yeah, I don't want to take too much of your time, but thank you for coming on. Like we really appreciate it. Ooh. Oh,
1: thank you for having me. It's so uh, great to talk to smu kids and um like i said before best three years of my life <laughs> i'm jealous <laughs> i know you have lots of homework and it's not fun sometimes but live it up you'll look yeah. back on it forever <laughs>
0: yeah no seriously um oh, thank <laughs> you <laughs>